Welcome to Sundial. I'm Carlos Frias. When you picture a person smoking a great cigar, Yvette and Yvonne Rodriguez want you to picture a black woman. They know a lot of people picture a light-skinned abuelo in a guayabera, but the cigar lover in their life was their Afro-Cuban grandmother, Esperanza. They remember her ending the day in a rocking chair, sharing stories and smoking a cigar. Yvette and Yvonne are twin sisters who created the cigar brand Tres Lindas Cubanas, Three Beautiful Cubans. The name comes from the title of a Cuban bolero. Their grandmother makes up the third, Linda. The sisters were raised by their Afro-Cuban family in South Miami-Dade. They know that Afro-Latino success stories don't often reach the mainstream. They founded a local group of Afro-Latino professionals to help tell stories like theirs. The twins left their careers in communications to become entrepreneurs together. They created the cigar business 10 years ago. They've added Cuban espresso because cigars and coffee are better together. And of course, they're better together. So they're both here with us today. Welcome, dos lindas. <laughs> we are here. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and time to tell some stories and hear some stories. Yeah. I like it. Thank you guys so much for coming in. Are you kidding me? This is an honor for us to be on your show. Yeah, no, this We've is been, a big We're time. a big fan of yours. <laughs> I'm fanning out. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Hi, happy birthday. <laughs> Looking good. Me. Let me tell you, that intro was everything. Yes, yes. Slow yes. clap for oh, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, no. ha- ha- we're going to throw it to uh, to our producer, Elisa Baena, who wrote most of that today. No, she's killing no, it. She's a no, killer. Yeah, I love her. her. That's the... I, I love I love that there's this um that you kind of set up this image, right? It's something that you guys have talked about before, this image of like what do you picture when you have somebody smoking a cigar? And for me it was that. I, <laughs> I fell into that trap. El abuelo and la guayabera, the grandfather smoking the cigar. And but that image was very different in your house growing up. And and I'm curious about this big epiphany, right? Like that you guys had um that led you to the idea of of starting the cigar brand, but also about kind of changing the conversation about uh, the people that that stitch together our culture, right? Yes. That's ultimately ultimately what it's about. Yes, yes. Um, so talk to me about that. When you were growing up, what was your what was your picture of your of your cigar smoker in your life? Well, it was very natural for us to see my grandmother smoking a cigar. It was never odd to see a woman smoking a cigar at all. And this was a woman that I aspired to be, you know, like socially. She walks in and she's like the center of attention. Yeah. Very funny, very strong woman, you know, uh, El Exilio. So forget True. about it, Cuban exile. Yeah. And um, that was just like somebody that I aspired to be. And then just very feminine also, like, you know, you know, can tell a story. That's my goal in life to tell a story, to be funny and to be able to tell a story for all the way through. And it was, you know, you know, the, the smell, the look, the um, everything about it, very, very Cuban, you know, and then everything Cuba, you know, the family, you know, you know how Cubans are. We come in, you know, they come into this country and everything that is Cuban can, you know, like they approve so we were in the same, you know, that was smoking era. You didn't leave the room when nobody went outside to smoke. She was smoking right in the living room. Yeah. No, she was a complete vibe. She would smoke and wear like this long, like, saya. Like, like this long skirt. Yeah, yeah, a long skirt. She had a, like a scarf in her hair, like un pañuelo. That we, how, that's how we say it in Cuban uh, phrases. Right. And she would ash onto the skirt. So then we were American, you know, we were born and raised here. We were little girls and with my brother also. So like, and she lived in, in Little Havana. So then we would go to visit either on the weekends or during the summer, like the whole, they would keep us there the whole summer 
in a in a house with no air conditioning, watching black and white TV. Yeah, oh my yeah. God, yeah. God, I'm feeling that. I'm, I'm getting such a throwback oh, vibe. That yeah, was it, was, that, it was it was a mission, but it was you know we're yeah. looking back, it was a blessing. Was yeah. that your your paternal grandma, your dad's mom? My maternal grandmother. Your maternal grandma, yeah, your mother's yeah, mom. Yeah, and she was. For the record, she was Afro-Latina. She would say that she was Afro-Latina, but she was light-skinned like you are. So then my grandmother would always say, you know, us, we are black, strong black women, this and that, you know, like lectures. And we were like, but abuela, you don't look, you know, black, you know? That's so funny that she identified with that. Was, were her parents darker skin than her? And there was always a mix, you know. She's she's una mulata. She would, she would, she would say that she's una mulata. She was of mixed race. Yes. Yeah. But she came out on the lighter side. Yeah. So then I guess seeing two little black girls like us, you know, hair, like, you know, poofy hair as children. Yeah, I'm um, sorry about the headphones today. They're really no, amazing. I, I don't know how I got it You're amazing, Quaff. I managed. I managed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sacrifice. So you guys really grew up in, in really this, I, I find it really fascinating, this kind of flowing of, of, um, of, of race and like colorism, like, you know, like yeah. really this, this spectrum. And, yeah. and uh, how did that affect identity for you guys growing up here? Especially when like, like you're trying to, in these spaces and people are always especially in america people are mm-hmm. trying to cl- you know classify you are you black are you white really yeah. that's the two categories yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. we all somehow we th- we throw off their we throw off the scent yeah when uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, when yeah. something happens and spanish is spoken well, well i may i even not, <laughs> she doesn't let me get a word yeah. in, Yvette, it's funny yvette i got you over here and every and even when you're speaking you're looking over at yvonne yeah. like you're, I'm you're waiting like, for her to jump in on my sentence <laughs> this is I'll, a this I'm is happy if i get a word in anyway dale yvette what was the question? No, <laughs> no, it was it was kind of seamless. Honestly, mm. we can't. I can't say personally that it was like I never chose a side. Mm-hmm. I'm clearly black. I'm clearly black to start with. And coming from a Cuban household, it was Spanish speaking at home. Mm-hmm. Rice and beans, everything Cuban, everything everything Cuban. And then outside of the home was English speaking. So then kindergarten they had to. I knew how to speak English, but with a very thick accent, you know. So then they put us in ESOL. Than well. They put us. They put us in ESOL, and then they were like, "No, you can speak it," you know. And they it, put you in. E- but you were born and raised yeah, in here in America, yeah. and they put you in the ESOL. I yeah. guess my accent. You know what I'm saying? It was thick. It yeah. was thick. Wow. Yeah. So solely wait, based wait, on the accent. Not for too long. Not for yeah. too long. No, I we get you. It out quick. But uh-huh. solely based on the accent, I find yeah. that really. I find that really funny. Yeah. Well, we had a professor on a couple of weeks ago who talked about how the Miami accent yeah. is part of like a Miami dialect, yeah, yeah right? Yeah. And that's like a whole thing that if you're not accustomed that. to that, yeah, right? no, they're not accustomed to it. You know, a lot of people are not accustomed to it. And top of, we went to the University of Florida, and they, me and my sister, will be talking in a room, and they'll be like, "Speak English," or like, "I can't yeah. be like." It was I had Oof. to make a speech, yeah, and the the you know they're like, "Okay, feedback." They're like, "She talks funny." And I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I have, besides, I, that's when I discovered that I had some type of an accent, but I know that, I knew that there was a Miami accent. Yeah. Because then you meet somebody else from Miami and we're talking the same. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. get it you. No, it's a regional or, accent. Or like, um, you know, just talking a little bit in Spanish and in English. And I'm not getting rid of it. Like <laughs> that must have been a, a, a unique experience. I know it was for me. Like when we are we are all gators in this room. Yeah. So this oh is a, this is a gator God. safe space. I knew space. it. I knew it. Gator I felt it when space. I walked in. But like I remember going and and having to figure out what my identity was. Yeah. Uh, you know, around where like where I was seeing. Uh, frankly, I was seeing a lot of Asian kids for the yeah. first time mm-hmm. in my life because yeah. growing yeah. up in Miami, that's not really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now we do because we see a lot of Peruvians. Yeah. You know, yeah. In, yeah. in the last yeah. fifteen, uh, really the last twenty years. Yeah. But even still. I had to adjust my where I fit, and I was, and I'm curious, 
Like, what a thing to grow up in a space where you're always figuring out your identity, and then you get to a new place and you got to do it all over, all over again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> again, as my like my sister was mentioning, for possibly for a lot of uh, like Latino kids that mm-hmm. have left Miami in particular, it's like a new world for them. But since we were little, we always had to explain to everybody. Where's your mom? Like there was, they wow. were always trying to figure us out. You know, what are you? yeah. What are you? Are you black? Are you like they? It was always, and this is from a very young age. So psychologically, either that could make you or break you. You know, um, yeah, absolutely. So then, as far as in my household, we were unapologetically Afro-Cubans. You right. know, both those things. Holding yes, both those things. yes, yes. My cousins. It's you know, it's a whole little crew of us. You know. So then, for us. It wasn't as if, I mean, as far as me personally, I don't feel that I missed out on anything and I didn't feel um, excluded mm-hmm. because I came with it. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, so then it wasn't as if, oh, I don't know if I fit in on this end or on this other end, which it happens. It still happens to this day. I, I'm, I'm not experiencing anything different from now with all like the information that's out there from when I was younger. So then... The only difference is that I'm not schooling anybody anymore. It's like either you know it or you don't. I'm not here to educate you. You know, research it. Research no it, no more like, explanatory comments. Oh, my God, yeah. Like oh, Google, it was too much. Google. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> Yvette, I find it interesting. You guys, I mean, I have I have twin nieces, oh. and, right? And they're both in their 20s now, and they're starting to, I imagine, find their, their course of life. You know, and they're, they're in college together, kind of mm-hmm. like what you did. They're at UCF. Shout out to the Golden okay. Knights. But um, I'm curious about... You guys having like, pursuing this career together, right? Like you guys had a this desire to start this these brands that speak to you know you know you go out and you try to create a business together, mm-hmm. but also deeply connected to the roots of of how it's made. Yeah. So tell me about that. Like the it's connected. Tell me about the the roots of the like the 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 black women that you saw mm-hmm. in relation to the cigar industry. Well, it wasn't. He asked Yvette. Oh my gosh, this woman! Yes, I believe it. It wasn't. It wasn't so much that we we didn't get into this business as far as the cigars to break barriers or nothing like that. We had no idea. I had to do my own research mm-hmm. as far as we claim that we're the first uh, black-owned woman cigar brand in the United States. Obviously, there's been other black and Afro-Cuban or black uh, women of color that have been in the industry since day one, mm-hmm. and that's facts. Yeah, yeah. Um, you never ever see that. Ever, ever, ever. However, that I'm not looking so much outward. I'm, we looked within. Yes. So then for the brands, which is the cigars, which is the coffee, which is just Ivan and Yvette, period. Mm. Um, what, are our, what are our strengths? Our strengths are, and thankfully, you know what I'm saying? My social and my personality has gotten me every far in the world. <laughs> if anything, I have that. We're great, we're great writers. <laughs> we're great writers. We can um, we can walk into a room and speak to anybody. We're not intimidated at all. Yeah. Um, we went to school for telecommunications, you know, journalism. So then we've worked in the industry. Right. So then we said, what are our what are our strengths? Okay, we're gonna set up um, interviews. We we like she created the brand. So explain so that she like That's it why came, I don't know why what, she's talking. It came, it came to her. But besides <laughs> that, I mean, you could create anything. But then what are you gonna do? You gotta sell something. Very you gotta, true. You gotta sell or no? Right. Oh no! I give my sister all. Working with my sister is I'm in awe of her uh-huh, uh-huh. and her expertise She's and in her, awe right now her genius. Right. So then it was bound for us to work together. At, you know, again, I had a spiritual a spiritual advisor that told me that we we're going to be working together eventually. A spiritual advisor. <laughs> okay, give me more. Give me well, more. That's why I say spiritual advisor for you know the people that are not familiar with that. You went to a Cuban soothsayer. Of course. <laughs> 
And this woman, you know, God bless her heart, she was telling me things. This was at least 20 years ago. And she was telling me things that are still coming up now, you know. And she said, listen, you're going to be working with your sister. And she said, listen, that your ancestors are here. And mind you, Carlos, they're here also. We walked in. That's why we kept the door open because all the ancestors we walked in with us. I know. We need a studio with lots of lots of uh, microphones. Total said, uh, everybody wants a word. Uh, every Cuban wants to, <laughs> wants to get a word in edgewise. And, and, the, and, the, and the woman, she said, they, your ancestors want you to talk about their story, about their history and stuff like that. And I was like, I don't know what that means. You know, like, what do they want me to write a book or something? You know, it was like, oh, gosh, you know. And I could see how, as far as our cigar brand in particular, mm-hmm. It has served as a platform for speaking about uh, our story. You get what I'm saying? So then it has opened up a lot of doors through our business to speak to people that possibly would never, uh, you know, uh, interact with us on on like as far as our history and stuff like that. No, it's been opening doors abriendo camino abriendo right. camino and and black women are at the root of the of the cigar factories in Cuba right yeah, Tell me everywhere, about, wasn't everywhere. there a story that that like a visit to Cuba kind of sparked this this yeah. kind of uh, well, realization well, I for fig- you guys I figured sorry I hope that I'm not interrupting no Yvette <laughs> jump in this is we're I, hanging out we're hanging <laughs> I feel that when when we've held uh, Cuban cigar tours uh, our Havana takeover mm-hmm. um, but going into the factories that's when we actually saw the Cuban women in Cuba in Cuba mm-hmm. um, you know taking apart the leaves uh, take you know f- from from the leaf to rolling yeah. very skilled and these people are they're like they're very, they're master rollers mm-hmm. it is a skill beyond an artistry and um i said oh you know what we're doing something right because yeah. i think that we were uh, we were kind of doing exactly as what they were doing right you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah. we have our cigars manufactured in nicaragua Love cuban it. seed Italy. so we're not we're not we're not um rolling each of our cigars because Manunga. You know, Manunga. We, we'll never you right. know you could make dozens of them yeah. <laughs> yes yes yeah, yeah to make two or three i'll make five or six yeah. good ones but so then there's so there's this moment right where you guys yeah. say like here's all these these black women that are so yeah. integral to the making of cuban cigars yeah. Yeah. all the way through the process but at the end mm-hmm. it's uh, an old white guy who's yeah, the pic- selling them, right? Yeah, and, the and picture like, that you see, is right. n- th- it never shows it, you know? Right. So then we've always known, and still, even to this day in Nicaragua, we work with a factory like, with a lot of women, women of color, and we have always been, we have been the, the like, the, the connection throughout uh, the cigar industry, you know, as far as tobacco. We have always been in, the, like, in the veins of it, you know? And it just showed, like, for us, again, as far as when we did launch our brand, that we said, no, we have to market this. And we said, let's market us. Right. And, like, you've never seen that. Right. Our guests today are Yvette and Yvonne Rodriguez. They're the twin sisters behind cigar brands and coffee brands that honor their Afro-Cuban heritage. I want to ask you guys about kind of finding your voice, right? And a lot of that sometimes comes from home. Will you tell me about your folks a little bit? Yeah, super nice people. <laughs> <laughs> Cubans, buena gente. Super, right? super nice people, you know. Um, we are them, you know, very positive. My father is a former professional soccer player from Cuba. Wow. Um, so then that we've been ingrained in that, you know. He was like, uh, my mom said that he looked like uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. And I'm like, yeah, right. But <laughs> he's always been, you know, a muscular guy. Um, coming to the United States, and then he started working in carpentry in the boat industry. 
So, like, you know, he's very carpentry there. I find him to be an artist, but he's never going to claim that. He can make anything. He's helped us out a lot in the cigar business. He's made, you know, accessories for us. My mother is Miami High girl. You know, Miami <laughs> girl. Always wearing yeah. linen. Yes, She's always linen. ironed. <laughs> Ironed linen outfits. Always ironed. Yeah. Was she also born in Cuba? Or she born she was born in Cuba. They came from the same town. So then they were dating as, you know, children. Oh, they knew each other. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they were wow. from the same. He was from one side of town. She was from the other side of town. Oh, yeah. my God. I'm hearing a <laughs> small town girl living in a yeah, lonely world. Yeah, yeah. Small town girl for sure. And so then uh, she came here about a year before my dad in 69 with her family. And then he actually... Uh, um, he defected while he was in a in a, in Panama in a game over there. Oh wow! Because he, yeah. he was playing. Yeah, playing yeah. For the, the, no, his the story teams. is incredible and just the same. He just walked out because yeah. he's walking with a whole bunch of uh, spirits around him, and they say, "We got to walk to the embassy, and you're out. Come so to Miami. Come to Miami." <laughs> he made it to Miami. So then my mom was already in school over here, and then in Miami High, and then they got married. You know, after she graduated, and my mom studied accounting. She's a UM girl. Ugh. UM grad, good uh, for her. Ugh, it's, a, it's a struggle with <laughs> That's these. That's all right. We love the UM people. Yeah, well, yeah, we have. My home <laughs> But no, they're very, they're very supportive as far as, um, you know. You can't listen to your parents that much. You cannot listen to your parents that much. I respect Why? them. Did they? Did they? Like we raised these two college graduate daughters. They they have careers in journalism. Did they push back at any point when you guys started thinking about? leaving that and doing your own thing yeah they've never understood any of our career moves our, any of our like as far as educational moves they didn't necessarily agree for us to leave we were like kind of the first to leave from high school out of miami mm -hmm. that you know for them gainesville was it might as well have been in california so then but they've always been supportive as far as you know they're not the kind of like as far as uh, stereotypical cuban parents that they stop you or that they're judgy you know stuff mm -hmm. like that they've always kind of been open and i think they've been celebrating with us as far as our uh, career moves they love it now you know they love it you know they right. love it tell me about what you what your your home life was like because like the the grandma brings in a a different element like the three generational yeah. element like what was that like that dynamic between the three of you guys it was the three generations it was a beautiful thing of course as honorary cuban children we drank coffee at a very young age so then at my grandmother's house in little havana it was cafe con leche it was you know all you know complete immersing into the cuban culture el exilio mm -hmm. in our parents house you know growing up it was a lot more of course, you know, Spanish at home, mm -hmm. but they integrated, you know, we watched American TV, you know. It was American. American yeah, upbringing. yeah. We listened to, again, from. English upbringing. Yeah, yeah. We listened to everything from rock and roll. This is the 80s, you know, rock and roll, hip hop, uh, everything, you know. Um, so then it was, and, and we grew up further down south in, in uh, South Dade. Mm -hmm. um, so then for us, we were a. Uh, our friends were all from different parts of the, like, they were Caribbean. They were um, American, of course, black American, white American, a lot of West Indians, a lot of South Americans. So we grew up, it was a beautiful mix. And I think that neighborhood is still very much like that. So then that, that for us was, everybody was different, but everybody had similarities, you know? And it was, no, it was a great upbringing. Right. And Yvette, I'm curious. So like when you would go to your grandma's house, did you find like, you know, some in so many cases, the the grandparents are the ones that hold on to this culture really quickly because they're so tied to it over the decades. What did that? How did that help you stay close to your your heritage? You know, and like your desire to stay within it and and promote it really ultimately. 
I think it was a fast the fascination about it. You know, like we just hearing stories about Cuba constantly. You know what I mean? It was like if they were still living in Cuba and South Florida, you know? So then it was just the fascination. Mm. It was like where my, you know, my grandmother's house, it was kind of like the Golden Girls. Yeah. You know, women. <laughs> Your grandmother was like, yeah. she had all her friends. Yeah, she was Dorothy for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then my great grandmother at the time was still living because she was like Estelle Getty, you yeah, know, like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then it was fascinating because everybody had their personalities. I would love to recast the Golden Girls, oh but with God, yeah. Yorwilla and her friends. They actually yeah. should. I think that's due for a reboot. No, it, it was a blessing, even though, like I'm telling you, it was black and white TV. And but then what, the, what we got was the like the neighbors visiting, sitting for hours all day, like on yeah. the porch or outside, like in, in the living room, yeah. uh, always cafe, you yeah. know, Cuban coffee, yeah. um, just good conversations, yeah. funny yeah. and just deep and just everything about it. So it was it wasn't it was like a, a quickie, like if like a passport going from Miami to Cuba. Yeah. Basically, because right. yeah. all the neighbors were Cuban also. Yeah. And it gave us a beautiful appreciation to this day of that style of living, of being neighborly, of having in good conversations with people, although people have different points of view mm -hmm. and still being friends. Mm -hmm. As far as we were force fed Cuban music, you know, boleros, <laughs> you know, all of that. So then eventually, of course, we grew to appreciate it. But it was something that it you have to I feel that 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 is a gift given, you know, because that's what lasts. Mm -hmm. So my grandmother's passed away years ago you know and still we talk about her to the today and it's still like the same kind of customs that we would like to continue you know she's the she's the third lean oh my god yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah tell me sure. tell me that what's the the story of of how you guys came up with the name of the brand right like that's yeah. it's the three the three of you and you yeah. included your abuela in there yeah yeah yvonne tell me about that yeah it's tre, it's called tres linda cubana cigars and that is an old cuban song la guitaragón Tres, tres linda cubana. And so then for keep us. Keep going, keep going. No, I see it, I see it. <laughs> that's it, that's it. That's all I'm going to give you. That's all okay, I'm going to give all you. Right, all right, all right. You know what? It's enough. <laughs> yeah. Fed my soul. <laughs> but with that said, as um, we said, you know what? Between my sister and I, we, again, and a lot of it had, had came from, like I told you, the, my spiritual advisor, like she said, you're going to come up. Like it was as if she, she knew what was coming as far as an idea. Mm -hmm. And I came up with the idea, like, from within an hour. I said, listen, we're going to call it Tres Cubana, that that song resonates a lot with the Cuban community. Mm -hmm. And it resonates a lot with our growing, our childhood. Todos los quince, we dance in a lot of quinces here. There's, like, sweet, a sweet 16, sweet, of course, sweet 15s. Yeah. Yeah. So then those kind of songs were... You grew up hearing that music. Yes. That was part of your of Yes, your exactly. We hated it. Yeah, we hated it, <laughs> you know, at, at like 13 years old. But then you understand... But now, you yeah, wanted to be yeah. listening to like, yeah, you know... Yeah. You guys are a little bit younger than me, but I, but a lot of Miami bass music and Miami <laughs> yeah, hip-hop yeah. and everything yeah. else. Yeah. No, no, I listen to Slow and Low. Like slow oh, okay, and low. give me what, like what? <laughs> no, I listen to a lot of old school. Oh, a lot okay. of old school. Celia, of course. Claro. You know, Gloria Stefan, of course, Mammy Sound Machine, of course. Right, right. You know? <laughs> but as far as that, truthfully, again, that it was like being in a master class. If we're speaking about my grandmother's house, it was, you know, we should have, somebody should have been dialoguing, you know, what was going on there and the neighborhood, you know? Mm. That was like Celio, that, you know, they have. And, and they've built over everything, you know, you know how that is. That neighborhood where your grandmother lived is is a 
tourist is a Disney World version of yeah. of yeah. what it was, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, I yeah. mean it's, parts of it are actually, you know, you could, it's open to tourists and what have you. Yeah. But yeah. tell me about that. About the, I'm curious about now you sell this your brand on an, on an air. I'm sure it's sold in those shops in Little Havana. Yeah. Yeah. I like how that that changing area, like what your role is in kind of like representing in that area, you know? Well, it's it has come like full circle, you mm-hmm. know, because we used to walk down Little Havana and like in La Gallocho and stuff when we were little mm-hmm. with my grandmother, with her sister, whatever it is. So then going back now, I mean, for the past, uh, we've been in business for about 10 years, but when we started selling in Little Havana, mm-hmm. like, look where we're at, you know, <laughs> like, and again, and I don't want it to come off as kitschy as far as like the Cuban, um, uh, message, you know, like uh, the traditions and stuff like that, because it's not kitschy. It is very much the truth. You it's know? legitimate to your, yes, your, yes, your upbringing. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so it's not like, no, to put La Guayabera and to put the cigar here and the women got to walk around with a fan, it's not costumey. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Right. It's what it is, yeah. you know. Again, of course, we're talking about Cuba from back in the day. Right. You go to Cuba now and it's a different story, I'm, but it's still, they're still drinking cafecito mm. and it's still, con, you know, con el, el tabaco, you know. But as far as those kind of things, that I, I find it, uh, it's a celebration. You know, it is a celebration and it is to be appreciated because Again, I don't have any kids, and I'm not planning on having any kids. But like, as far as my nieces, they are—they're making cafe con, they're making coladas, you know, at at a very young age, and they could barely speak Spanish, you know. You guys see this as as a way of of connecting yeah. to culture and keeping that thread. Yes, it's right. very important. It's very important. And again, as far as if we're talking about, you know, the the Cubans in general, but the Black Cuban that we deal with a lot, you know, as far as identity issues and even within the Cuban community. So it's like, we know, you know, we are, we're not trying to, uh, you know, to prove to you that we're Cuban. We're living it. You get what I'm saying? And how do we live it? Exactly how we are. Again, I'm. I, we weren't, we weren't even born in Cuba. You know what I mean? Like, right. and I never claimed to be born in Cuba. I'm from Miami. I am a Miami girl. I have a Miami accent. <laughs> we speak like with the, like the ocean. We have, it's like the palm trees swing. That is us. We have salt water in our blood. <laughs> I see a high five in right here. <laughs> Eva, talk to me about that. Your, your sister mentioned something interesting and like, as you've grown, you talked about specifically the the Afro-Cuban, but also you guys started a, a, a network of like Afro-Latino, like Afro-Latino, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah, yeah. like you start realizing like, oh, there's a lot of people who are, in, especially in Miami, who yeah. are black that come from different Latin cultures, you know, Afro-Colombian and what have you. What did you learn about your space in that, like your spot to be Afro-Cuban within all these, you know, these groups that are very, that really are very different. Yeah, you know? no, it's definitely different. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Like I, like my sister mentioned that we grew up around different kind of people from different countries, Haitian, Jamaican, West Indian. Um, we have Colombian family also. Nicaraguan family. Nicaraguan family. So then it's, it's just like at the end of the day, you know, everybody comes with their own, you know, culture or heritage or whatever. But we love that we're able to um, identify with each other. People, some people have other, you know, upbringings. Yeah. You know, Puerto Ricans. You know what I mean? Just because we're in the in the Caribbean still doesn't mean that we're that much. You know, we're similar. Yeah. Right. However, I love it. I love it. I love diversity. I love diversity. I'm all for it. And but besides <laughs> that, it is just like. Um, 
as far as like the Afro-Latino professionals, the way that the way that we create uh, the, the idea came because of another interview that we were having um, with a reporter, I guess, from CBS, like uh, national. And um, he was like, so then is there a large Afro-Latino community in South Florida? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, no, you right. like, how come we don't see them? I'm like we're around. I don't like it's like, I don't know. It's normal. Everybody's living. Everybody's working, et cetera. My parents came to this country and they weren't making organizations. They were working. You yeah, know? they didn't have time. Yeah. And I go, hey. Movimiento. We gotta do something. We gotta do something. We were asked that question a few times. Really? And then I'm like, you know what? We gotta make some kind of a group or an organization. This group is casual. It's for networking. It's for like a directory. It's for these situations where they're like, and we're the Afro Latinos yeah. because we we don't keep it to just Cuban. Obviously, it's Cuba heavy because <laughs> you know I can help. That's who you we, are, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's like um, there's no more. Oh no, we couldn't ask. Uh, this person, a, a black, you know, Latino on the panel because we couldn't find one. Yeah. We're speaking about black, oh, you know, black Latino gotcha. um, topics, you know? So it's like, no, no, no. And you, guys were in, and you guys were in communication. So you saw that, <laughs> yeah. you saw that uh, often, I guess, you know, or, yeah. or that question kept coming back yeah. up. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And, yes. and there was a lot of excuses, you know, like, oh, no, we didn't select someone like as far as Afro-Latino because we couldn't find you guys or whatever. So then we said, all right, well, now you can find us. Oh, you this know? idea of making yourself more visible. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Right. Um, I'm curious about um, about starting the brand. Like, so you finally, you guys are in careers in journalism and broadcast. Tell me about those moments that were real, that were important for you to really catapult you and to really being able to, to make this company and actually make it so that you're producing cigars. Like, who did you meet along the way that really make that happen, help make that happen? Well, it's just like, uh, it came to my sister. I'll let her explain to it, but it came to her and then she came to me with the idea and I said, how can we market it or whatever? And I'm like, okay, we can make it happen. But then once that it was out into the universe, it still took some time to create the business. Yeah. So then once that was out into the universe, it was like, you start talking about it more and then I, I'm a strong believer and you put something onto the universe and then kind of it comes to you almost opportunities. You start speaking to people. So then the way that we even found like a factory to manufacture cigars in Nicaragua, casual conversation that I was having with somebody in Costa Rica. You were in Costa Rica. Yeah. Just yeah. Doing what? Casual conversation for a wedding, um, you know, for a wedding. <laughs> I but know, I mean, I'm funny. at the pool. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're already think so. It's yeah. like I, I, sometimes people throw it up to like, oh, it was total chance. But if you're thinking in yeah, the right. direction of creating yeah. this thing, when someone says, oh yeah, I I have a yeah a, a tobacco yeah. plantation, and it, it wasn't even that we were we didn't have anything yet, but it was like just casual conversation, and then you know somebody anybody can own a, a factory. And then that's the person that I met. Obviously, we're, I mean, not obviously, but we're not, you know, from then it's been other changes sure. as far as like who we work with or whatever. But it's just getting it out there, getting it out there. Yeah. And just, you don't have to like, it doesn't have to be like a pitching to everybody that you speak to. But once it's like an idea and then I'm, you know, um, embracing it. So then things kind of start falling into place. You start seeing things that you didn't see before. You start hearing things that you didn't yes. hear before. And then I take notes on everything. Yeah. So I'm taking notes and then little ideas, you know, ma to manifest. Yeah. We're big manifest girls. Love it, love it, love <laughs> it. We, manif we try to manifest. Like, you know, we do manifest, obviously. Yes. I knew that I wanted to work with my sister and in this capacity. This, I feel that it was a great idea. It was a great idea. And then it's like, okay, what's up? Let's see. Yeah. Let's see. And then things started trickling in, like as far as um, where we get our cigars, 
we were already cigar smokers, you know, grown and sexy, going to lounges, you know, super cute. appreciators of the culture. Yes. But with that said, don't Carlos, don't let the smiles fool you. Yeah. We are business women. Yes. So then, you know, they're sharp teeth. Yeah. No, yeah. We're piranhas. We're piranhas. But, you know, it's you know what we have in the business is tobacco, you know, yeah. but we have to sell it. You know, we have to you know, it has to be. A tremendous business uh, plan, truthfully, when we got started. And we knew that we were sitting on a gem, you know. Our guests today are Yvette and Yvonne Rodriguez. They're the twin sisters behind cigar brands and coffee brands that honor their Afro-Cuban heritage, and they are high-fiving. Uh, <laughs> there must have been moments, right, where you guys asked yourself, you guys both had careers in journalism, uh, in broadcast, that you asked yourself, oh, my God, did we do the right thing? <laughs> Yeah. Tell me about getting what some of those moments were and then getting to the other side of them, you know? Okay. My friend, hold sure, on. Because I'm sure there's a lot of moments that people have in their life where yeah. they're thinking, I've taken this risk. Yeah. And what's on the other side of this? What are the potentials on the other side right. of this? Yeah. If I could speak. Yes, Yvonne. Listen. Police. This is Jerry Maguire style up at dawn. <laughs> Writing the memo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the manifesto. Catcher in the rye. Catcher in the rye. I, truthfully, as far as how we were speaking earlier before we were on air, as far as waking up on a, you know, on a mentality of winning, you know, mm. and not necessarily winning money, but winning, like what is winning for me? What is success for me? Happiness is trying to live as stress-free as possible, as drama-free as possible. Mm. So it's weaving, you know. A mentality. Yes, yeah. it really is. And when it comes to business, I, I, with, I live with the same, that's the same vibe. Even working with my sister, the same vibe. It is work hard, but also work smart, you know, okay. and making calculative decisions. So it's not necessarily, I want to be on everything and in everybody's shelf and in everybody's store. And, you know, it is what is the best move for us. You get what I'm saying? So then we're not necessarily out, eh, done the vuelta, you know, running around Miami begging or right. knocking on doors, you know. It is, for the most part, they come to us. We have created it for them to come to us. You know, we are, we have the plate of food. You know what I mean? Interesting. So yeah. how do you do that? Talk to me about the moments that, like, you, that, that someone came to you and you're like, this is a good thing. This is a big thing for us. Well, hold on. Yeah. Oh, my Sorry. gosh. <laughs> dale, dale, Listen, no, from the beginning again, from our first, uh, uh, say we got started, say, like, in a January or something like that, mm -hmm. by January, March, April, we were kind of booming. It was it was uh, uh, not predicted, but it was also, we have to give credit to, like as far as within the cigar industry, black cigar smokers, because they, uh, we were approachable. Oh, you get interesting. What I'm saying? So people and, found you. Oh, yeah. People and, were looking specifically for black-owned brands. Well, it helps. We were, our business plan was PR yeah. to get it featured, things like this. You know and what I'm saying? You were, you were in PR? Yes. Right. Yes. To Yvette, why are <laughs> public relations? <laughs> but that was the plan. The plan was it. we had uh, some very small budget. So then yeah. it wasn't to place an ad in a cigar aficionado or no, none of them. No, we, we were not. That's the thing that it was. We go, oh, yeah, let's do this long run. Low and slow. Yes. Low yes. and slow. Um, there's always risks. And then that's the thing that, you know, like we try to we, we are risk takers. Just business, you know, business is taking risks every day. But we're like, OK, we're going to take this path to send out press releases or whatever it is and then we got the attention of media risk so then, takers how, how else were you risk takers in your life every day no yeah. every, every you Before know this, even as kids 
Well, this, this this has been the conversation at <laughs> since the womb, most yeah. likely. Yeah. Okay, so what do you want to do? No, we should do this, and what, yeah. like this is how we would play growing up. Oh, like this vibe, create... this vibe yeah. back and yes. forth. This yeah. is how you your ideas develop. Yes. yes. Oh yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. We have to talk to each other. We're, we're on like a three hour meetings every day, <laughs> but it creates like you yeah. know we speak a lot about anything, and eventually it turns into something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It may take a short amount of time. It may take a year. It may take three years. Yeah. But it always comes. Like that's why I write everything down because I'm like, okay, let me go through the through the list of manifestation, what can be created, yeah. and I start checking things off. I'm like, wow, yeah, it's yeah. been done. Yeah. So then we've been in this com- in the, with this back and forth forever. Yeah. Did you guys? I'm curious because I had, like I said, I have my own nieces, and they continue to live together. They've lived together their whole lives, and they're mm-hmm. 20. Yeah. At what point did you get? Do you guys still live together? No, if not, when you not. when you moved apart, how did that? Um, how did that go? How did that affect your dynamic? Well, after she threw me out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> after she threw me out, I'm like, well, no, that's that. No. No, it no, worked we, for the we, better. We, no, we are. We're very close. We grew up in a, in a sharing a bedroom. We shared a car. Yeah. We shared like. A cell phone. Right. We shared everything. What? We were Wait, you together. shared one yes. cell phone? Yes. We, the yes. thing was that we were like trying to make it for our parents. So it was just like one person. Yeah, because it's very expensive. <laughs> so then we knew that, you know, so then we knew how to adjust. But I feel that that those kind of adjustments, it, it it's not as if we do have our individual character, yeah. you know, personalities, but it has helped us work with other people also. So then I know how to, and my sister does also, uh, how to compromise, how to, you know, a back and forth, like, so then everything doesn't have to be my way or no way, you know? We've uh-huh. learned how to, how to work with each other since, since little. So then we, yes, we do have our arguments. That's part of the communication process for us. Yeah. Working yeah. like, like uh, Cuba Gooding and Jerry Maguire. Say. This is communication. Say, show me the money. Show me the money. <laughs> We are, we have to go through that to get to the next, you know, that's part of the communication. We don't, you know what I'm saying? It, this is part of it. We, yeah. we, we're aggressive girls. We're ambitious girls, yeah. women. Yeah. But besides that, <laughs> and what was I saying? Nah, yeah. No, but it's just, we've been on this for a while. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm curious. There's, there's one thing, which is the desire. And then there's like the knowing how to do it. Right. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So how did you did either of you go to business school? What? Who no. was? How did you learn the business of making this work? My friend, truthfully, I don't know. We were born entrepreneurs. We were doing nails, you know. My brother's nails. My, you know, uh, what do just you mean? to like make. What? what did your brother do? My brother's a police officer. Oh, you know, like but like growing up, oh, we always were trying to make a dollar. You know, um, <laughs> so then if it wasn't building a little uh box to sell like a little jewelry box or doing nails or like but this is 10 oh, years like old like doing fingernails like yeah doing yeah yeah i'm sorry oh, yeah like okay. manicure pedicures but that was at a very young age so then i knew the value of like and i've always wanted to be a business owner you get what i'm saying like it's hard for me to work for someone else <laughs> who taught you that was that i don't know my but you know what my grandmother a... my grandmother my grandmother was a hustler, you know. <laughs> In what way? What What do you remember about her? She knew how to figure way? things out. You get what I'm saying? So then, of course, that these people came, the you know, the exile community, they came, and my grandmother came with my mother at a, you know, she was easily well into her 30s or her 40s, you know. So then coming to a country that you don't even speak English, you know, how to figure it out, you know. She played La Loteria on, yeah. on, on like, the lottery, you know, the, the uh, you know. 
on the telephone. Numero, lo lo numero. Yeah. Like just oh, like, the, uh, like, un, like underground. Yeah, that, gambling. That, that, underground. That, that Cuban lottery. She had yeah. a bookie. She had yes, a bookie. She, she was, was the bookie. bookie. She was the bookie. <laughs> oh, she was the bookie. So then, and then my mother told me that she also had like una cantina. She would make food and sell the food. Wow. She was really from the a kitchen. So yeah. Was, so then yeah. I'm not sure exactly. She was making. She was a bookmaker. <laughs> yeah. She was selling cantina yeah. from yeah. her house. So I'm not exactly sure even what she did. Yeah. But she always had an income coming in. She yes. always had an income. What a, what a lesson in such a way about like where maybe in your life sometimes you you might be like, oh, should I take this leap? Mm-hmm. It seemed like she she took those leaps. Yeah, it was. It gave it gives us still a lot of confidence to take steps to try things out. Yeah. As far as knowing that, as far as business, failure is part of business. Yeah. So that helped me out a lot. Give me an example of, of sometimes that that's something that was a failure that that maybe if you're scared of. You know, but then you see it happen. You're like, oh, I was able to recover from it. Were there, were Always, there moments we that... ha- it's constant. It's yeah, constant. Yeah, it's... Like I can't even, can, I can't even pinpoint because we don't even, we don't focus on that too much. We learn mm. from it. So then yeah. again, Carlos, when I told you when I walked in, it's a mindset. Yeah. The the we don't, I don't even say that word too much. That yes. f word. I don't even say it too much because <laughs> it's just you. you learn from it and then you just continue. You're always gonna learn something. Yeah, you should. You're supposed to learn something. Exactly. So. No, I, I mean, as far as uh, a hiccup or something like that, mm-hmm. yeah, we've always... And it's we, funny that you call it, yeah. you, wherever the people might say, oh, it was a big failure point, yeah. you just call it a hiccup. Yes, yeah. yes, because uh, it's a it's a state of mind. You and, have to think that there's something on the other yes, side of it. Yes, always. yes, and, and you can't rely on, you know, th- th- a gift from someone, you get what I'm saying? Like, mm. I, I know that if I want something, I have to get up and I have to get it. There's, or no, I have there's to... no cavalry. Nobody's coming no, to say no, that. No, 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 movement, no, no, no. Movement yes. is part of, like, it's not just sitting and not doing anything. If business is slow, yeah. if business is slow, you know what? I'm going to clean the oven. <laughs> Start start vacuuming. Do something to keep start yourself rearranging. busy. Towards... Like for real. Yeah, like for real. Yeah, or yeah. go out. Let's go out. Let's go no, out. No, movement, movement. 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 Let's movement. go out. Something always comes from that. Yeah. Even if it has to do with business or not. I've learned that personally. Yeah. Something always comes from that for me personally. Yeah. Also, um, just again, me and my sister, I'm thankful to have her. Brainstorming. Brainstorming. Yes. Any idea. Any idea. Yeah. Oh, what article did you read? Oh, my God. Did you hear this? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The gallery opening. Yes. Going to museums. Keeping... We like We like art. Yeah, we keep... appreciate art. What What's the last What's the last place you guys went to that you really loved? Or one of the places you went to that you really? I'm going loved. constantly to different places. I go a lot to FIU. They have FIU down <laughs> south. They have a tremendous art gallery there. Uh, wow. Museum. Yeah, I love it. Um, we went to the Yayoi. Yayoi, yeah, beautiful. Yayoi yeah, Kusama, uh, right here at the Perez Art Museum. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I was in there for about two minutes. That's all I needed. We I, get ideas. <laughs> we get inspiration big time from that. So we try monthly, at least at least once a month, to visit a museum. That it's weird, but it's not that weird. I mean, yeah. it helps with our marketing. Yeah, <laughs> it helps yeah. with our marketing. In what way? Instagram to take photos or <laughs> yeah. to like like an image to put the cigar like this or put the the coffee over here or pour like you have to be Beyonce does it well wow. everybody does it they go to plays they go to like they you you know you're like you're being influenced I'm like admiring things and it's like oh my god it opens up my brain well exactly but it opens up creativity you mm. know because That's again in Miami. You look up and there is art. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not speaking about a mirror. I'm talking about a palm tree. I'm speaking about the birds that are flying around. I'm about to be a birder. Yes, bird that's our next thing. Soon. We're going to yeah. start birding. Eso viene, that comes with age. I'm there. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> I can identify a cardinal from its song now. Oh, oh my. 
but you know sorry to break it to you no bueno there you go we've reached the the rich auntie level but like as far as stopping and looking and observing and appreciating the now you get what i'm saying and doing things intentionally so then if i'm reading something it doesn't necessarily have to be like a business book or a business podcast but things will always open up to you know uh to what i need you know, right. I don't know. Is you guys aren't you guys aren't just about business, business, but it's like entertaining your brain in different ways right. that then yeah. in of in eventuality has like a, yes, yeah, yes, a and result. yeah, and we found that to be our superpower within mm. the cigar industry. That's real because we've been coming about it. I mean, a lot of brands love them all. You know, I love them all, but they come at it very. You know. Uh, Super Cuban, super heavy Cuban, and super, you know, like my family Cartoonistic. Came. I feel, I feel. And well, I respect the, the, the man in the feet and the tobacco. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And I respect them all, of course. But we're coming at it as Afro-Latin, Black Cuban women that have a cigar brand or, or, you know, Black Cuban women from Miami that have a coffee brand. It's a different vibe. It's a different vibe. You have to come to, uh, you know, like you have to... You just can't have someone. It's not something that could be taught. You get what I'm right. saying? Right. You have to come to us. That's why that it's not even us necessarily knocking on doors. They come to us. They right. come to us because you're you're legitimately who you are. Yeah, yeah. I feel. You know. Right. No. I, I can't thinking, be any other way. <laughs> <laughs> you made me think of uh, of Scott Cunningham, the head of uh, O Miami, who says that mm. my, that uh, Miami is like a poetic city. It is. It, is. It, is. it, it is. is. it is. It is. On the streets, you feel it. It's a, like the soul running through. Flagler <laughs> running through, you know, Los Barrio. I live in a Barrio, and I don't. I mean, my sister lives in a high rise uh-huh. Dadeland. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. But I enjoy Barrio life. You know, I enjoy. El, ¿cómo se llama esto? The guy that walks around selling fruit. I, yes. I mean, I'm not too... I got one of those guys at the end of my street because I live close to La Flagler. So, you know what? That's what I mean. Like, you I don't like even that. have to. Yeah, yeah you yeah. don't even have to necessarily be like immersed in barrio life but i mean like it's amongst us it's amongst us so then i look at it in, in appreciation you know you appreciate the, the like that little that lively cultural yes element. yes the little it, things that you you know we take for granted but if you go somewhere else you don't see that or you don't have that it's like oh you miss it or you you see sometimes you got to step out I, I didn't really have to step out but something you got to step out to see where you're at you right. know to see what everybody else appreciates everybody yes. loves not everybody but i mean like Miami is it. You yeah. know, they come and they're like fascinated. It's like yeah. such a fascination. It's like, yeah, what's up? What? What? What's a big deal? But it's like, yeah, it is kind of a big deal. Right. You know, you don't really see that. And the everything, you know, just the sounds also, yes, you know, yes, this is yeah. this is like for us, it's a big city. But and compared to like New York or something, it's small. Yeah. However, there's a lot of culture of different cultures. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. Cuban and we gravitate towards Cuba, all things Cuba. But there's you can find a Jamaican patty. No, no, no. Um, no, no, I mean, mango. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's all those elements. The then. Dominicans. Yeah. It's, I, I really very much enjoy it. I very much enjoy it. Well, uh, if, if in the last couple seconds here, tell us where folks can find out more about your, your stuff. Yes. Tres Lindas Cubanas Cigars.com. That's how the Americans say it. So it's Tres Linda Cubana Cigars.com. That you can find everything. You can find the Instagram, the YouTube. We have a YouTube. <laughs> super excited about the YouTube. Um, super excited about the YouTube. Hashtag Miami as usual. Yeah. Perfect. Ladies, thank you both so much for spending time with us. 
Love you. Thank Carlos. you. Our guests today were Yvette and Yvonne Rodriguez. They're the twin sisters behind the cigar brands uh, that honor Afro-Cuban heritage, Las Tres Lindas Cubanas. And that's sundown for Tuesday, July 18th. Leslie Obay Atkinson is our lead producer. Elisa Baena is our producer and social media editor. Helen Acevedo helped produce the show. Sergio Bustos is WLRN's VP of News, and Katie Munoz is our Director of Live Programming. Peter J. Meritz is WLRN's VP of Radio and Sundow's Engineer. Our theme music is by the Miami Afro-Cuban funk band Palo at gopalo.com. Coming up tomorrow on the program, it's the Miami-Dade County School Board meeting, so we're off. We'll be back with you on Thursday. I'm Carlos Frias. Good vibes only. WLRN Public Media.